Hi, my name is Josh McCarthy, and I want to welcome you to another edition of our Ask the Experts Weekend here on 104.5 WOKV. And this show is dedicated to you, the workforce of today and tomorrow. Pete, the job guy, Langlois, introduces his listeners to the most innovative companies, and he explores the career journeys behind some of the world's most influential individuals. And this is all done with an honest and oh-so-entertaining filter that is unique to Pete, the job guy, Langlois. Take it away, Pete. Hello out there, all you hard workers. And first of all, I want to congratulate you on making a wise decision. And that is listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy. After all, this show is dedicated to you. I give career advice. I, I've been, my wife and I, who's my co-host, say hi, Angie. What's up, guys? That's Angie, the world-famous Angie Langlois. We give career advice to people, and we've run staffing agencies for over 20 years, which means we've literally placed thousands and thousands of people in their jobs and their careers. And in doing so, we're career coaches. We give advice and we help people. We want you to be as effective and productive in your careers as possible. So we do this each and every week for you. And that's a fun part of the show. Another fun part of the show is we have Boston Danny. And Boston Danny's been with us since inception, four and a half years. And every week he gives us an update on the fair city of Boston. Boston Danny knows every cobblestone in the city. He brags about his sports teams his grandson Desmond but he does something special for you so if you have a special someone in your life that you'd like to recognize just give them a shout out right maybe it's their birthday an anniversary or they made your work day just a little bit brighter I'll tell you what guys just send me an email pete at petethejobguy.com I'll take that email I'll put it in Boston Danny's hot little hands and he'll give your special person a wicked pissa shout out like only Boston Danny can. Now, the last fun part and the best part of my show is each and every week I introduce you to one of Jacksonville's most influential people. They tell us about themselves, maybe some of their career journeys, but they also tell us about the great organizations and causes that they represent. And you'll want to get your, if you're, if you're old school like me, you'll want to get a pen and piece of paper and jot down some notes when, when my guests talk. But if you're, if you're new school, like some younger people, get your thumbs ready and your device du jour and take some notes that way. But you'll want to do something differently as a result of listening to our guests each and every week. And this week, Angie, we have a great guest, don't we? Oh, yes. <laughs> One of my favorites. Right? We're going to introduce you to her in just a second. But I'll tell you, you know, in life, guys, you can't have a comeback without a setback. Think about that, right? Each and every one of us has had a setback in life. And some are just little stumbles, right? And little learning lessons along the way. We do something and we say, doggone it, I'm not going to do that again because that sucked. The results sucked. And then we learn from it. And it's okay to make mistakes. You just try not to make the same mistakes twice, right? You want to learn from these, these things that happen. But other things happen to us in life. And... And it's really tough. And you think, why me? Why is this happening to me right now? And it's hard to recover from it. And sometimes there is no path to recovery. It's just how do we deal with it? And a lot of times when we have things happen to us, it hurts and it's painful. And, you know, I think we're all learning something in life right now that it's okay to say, hey, I need help. I need to talk to someone. Or perhaps it takes a village to get us back on track. 
But we got to find the path to recovery, and we have to think, what are all my possible ways back? What's the best possible way? And then we need to take action. And a lot of times it's in steps. Recovery doesn't happen all at once. But I want you to know there usually is a path to recovery, and there's, it's always okay to ask for help. Remember that in life, guys. You can't have a comeback without a setback. So let's talk. Let's introduce our guest today. And I'm gonna, our guest is Jessica DeFranco. Welcome to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy. Hi, Pete. Thank you for having me. I watched you on TV the other day, and you were fantastic. I well, was, she's famous I now. I was nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about fanta- fantastically nervous. <laughs> well, you know, you were on there, and, and I learned a little something. And I, I mentioned la- on last week's show that I'm, I'm really excited about Thanksgiving for a lot of different reasons. But one of them is IMC, the, the eighth annual turkeys. Uh, 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 turkeys. <laughs> Tony's Turkey Trot. It's a 5K for brain injury awareness. Uh, and, and Jessica, you got a, you got a story that I think our listeners need to, to, to hear to really understand why they should participate and get involved uh, in this uh, I- event on Thanksgiving morning. Yes, and I really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk about that. Um, two years ago tomorrow, uh, my son Gabriel was in a car accident um, and um, was at the top of a bridge when that car accident happened. And when he was coming out of the car, he fell eight to ten stories off that bridge. Um, so he landed in the grass below. Um, luckily, somebody saw, and they were able to call 911, and they got to him very, very quickly. Um, and, but it was Im- immediately they realized he had really like catastrophic injuries. He had a brain injury. Um, and of course they had no idea the extent of the brain injury at that point. They had no idea, um, of the extent of the physical injuries. But once he, um, was taken to trauma, uh, we had a really bleak outlook. When, when I think of an eight to 10 story drop, that sounds to me f- fatality. Has um, absolutely. Of- I looked up the statistics and um, 99.9, I think, percent of people who fall from that height do not survive. So wow. when you talk about a, a one in a million uh, chance, it- Gabe had that one in a million chance. Wow. And the extent of his injuries, uh, the, the, I know some things about traumatic brain injury as I did a little research prior to the show. I know there's there's different levels. Can you talk a little bit about uh, his uh, injury level and what that looks sure. like? Sure. So he had um, a, a severe injury. Um, he had hemorrhages in, in all hemispheres of his brain. Wow. Um, they assessed him as a, as a coma scale three on the scene. Um, wow. So he was intubated. Mm-hmm. Um, when they found him, um, his eyes were not really responding. Uh, he, was, he was checking out. Um, I have no doubt about that. And luckily, because of the um, quick uh, response time, they were able to intubate him. They were able to get chest tubes in. They were able to get him to trauma. Um, but then that began the uh, effort to save his life. Um, so we found out about the accident uh, several hours after it had happened. So by the time I, I was matched to him in trauma um, and let them know, he also has a clotting disorder. So that complicated his brain injury. Oh, wow. um, he has uh, something called von Willebrand's, which is a, a clotting disorder. He clots eventually on mm-hmm. his own, but mm-hmm. he takes about three times longer than most people to clot. So his brain injury was complicated by that because his bloom, once you have that brain injury, um, you stop bleeding at a certain point and then you can assess damage, but he didn't stop bleeding at that quote unquote normal point. He was 
blooming and blooming. And so it took a couple of days really before we understood the true uh, extent of how badly damaged his brain was. Well, I mean, that's just terrible for any uh, person to go through, but it's not just the person, right? It's the family. Absolutely. So that night um, of the accident, we had a wonderful um, trauma physician who said, I'm going to treat him like he's my son, but I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm going to tell you that it's not looking good. So you need to go ahead and gather uh, your other children and, um, and have everybody come to say goodbye. And you can take your time. It was during COVID, so um, there were lots of uh, restrictions, visitor restrictions, but they allowed me to bring two of my children um, back. And then my um, oldest son, his girlfriend, I had her drive because I was worried the others would be too, I didn't want any of them right, driving. Right, I understand. Yeah, yeah. So yep. um, she came, so I was able to bring them back two at a time. My husband and I went back first. Um, and I will tell you, um, there's nothing worse than taking that walk and thinking. To say goodbye, basically, I'm, right? To well, that's come what he to, told me to right, do. Right, right. I know. Um, I know. And I, understand. I walked in. Nobody had, had prepared me for what I was going to walk in and see. And so I walked into this room and I see everything attached to my son. Everything. Everything you can imagine. And, it, you know, he's got a tube down his throat and there's all these monitors and IVs and he he didn't have any physical mark on him. Mm. And that blew me away because I didn't know if I didn't, I guess I didn't think to ask, is his face smashed? Is his, you know, is he, he's, I know he's fallen from this great height. I'm envisioning just, he's going to be mangled. And I walked in and he just looked like he was sleeping. Mm. And I thought, well, I'm not, going to say goodbye. Right. <laughs> and I have to come back several times. I'm going to spend time with him. So I came back with my husband. We needed to assess what we were um, facing so that we could warn the other kids. And I had to walk out and say, okay, he's, he's an identical twin. So I brought his identical twin back uh, with, um, with my daughter. And I just said, you guys are going to be blown away because they're telling us he's going to die. And he looks like he's just laying there sleeping peacefully. He looks like he's going to open his eyes at any moment and just say, Hi. And, um, and that was not the case. Well, here we are two years later. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you see that, you know, you're, you're told by the doctor to come in and make peace and all that. And you see him and he, you know, other than all the apparatus or whatever you'd call it and, and everything connected to him, he looks normal, just sleeping. He just looks like my kid. So it's been a miraculous journey to today. Absolutely. And it, yep. I, I mean, to go through each and every one of the steps would take a, a four-hour program. But can you condense it and just share with us how, you know, and how he's come to be where he's at today, which is pretty incredible because you and I were talking a little bit. Uh, it's exciting. But tell us a little bit about that journey. So in the, in the, in the immediate aftermath of the accident, um, we just weren't, he was in a coma. So we just weren't sure if he was going to wake up. And his um, brain, the pressures in his brain were not easily controlled. So um, immediately it was just saving his life. And because of the extent of his injuries and how bad his scans looked, um, I was uh, being told he may not ever wake up. He may be in a vegetative state if he does wake up. So um, that was told to me pretty early on. The trauma physician that first night, he actually had, had said, if he makes it through the night, these are some of the things he could be facing in these next couple of days. I want you to go home and I want you to research this so that if we have to ask you on the spot to make a decision, you've thought these things through. 
and one of them was um, a procedure called a craniectomy. So on the fourth day after Gabe's accident, um, he was in a, in a life or death situation, and uh, we had to make the decision for them to remove half of his skull in order for his brain to swell outside of his skull, um, or he would have probably died that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, the doctor at the time, the one that was on call, did not recommend the surgery based on the scans and the extensive damage to his brain. Um, and I just said, you know, you're telling a mom that there's a chance. And I understand all the risks, and I understand that he may never wake up. He may be in a vegetative state or minimally conscious. But right now, you're telling me you can save his life. So tell me where to sign this piece of paper. And literally, I signed, and they took him. Um, And several hours later, I I discovered that the procedure was successful. So at that point, things began stabilizing, maybe some from a medical standpoint. But he wasn't waking up, and he wasn't responding. So I had nurses that kept telling me, the, the good things take a long time. You don't want necessarily things to happen fast. The things that happen fast are those bad things, those he needs emergency surgery, he needs, you know, he needs this right now. So patience was difficult to find, but I had to be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat by his bedside as much as I was allowed to. With COVID, they would not let me stay with him, but I was there every minute I could be there. I listened to everything. I had an advantage Um, I own a medical transcription company, Um, so I've done transcription for 20 years. I understood what the doctors were talking about. I understood what the nurses were talking about. They picked up quickly that I understood, so they spoke to me really like another professional, Mm -hmm. Um, and I appreciated that because it allowed me to be able to make – I felt very comfortable with most of the decisions that I made. Um, And so once we were able to kind of get him through that, that initial process, we just had to wait. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. If I were to say anything about anybody recovering from a brain injury, you have to be patient and you have to kind of wait th- yourself through this recovery because it, it is a slow process. Um, you, you know, you you don't go from a wheelchair to walking in a day or two. Right. Um, you know. Hey, and just a quick question, Jess. I remember you telling me a pretty neat story. But at what point did you know that he was actually going to survive and make it through? You know, I will tell you, this is going to sound very crazy, but I'm going to say it because it's it's truly what happened. I'm a very rational person. I would have said prior to this experience, I don't know about miracles and that kind of thing. But um, I, you know, I mentioned that he has an identical twin. Uh, I don't know if this is the one you're talking about. This it is. is. Yeah. So um, his twin came to me in those um, first few days and he just said, Mom, I know this is going to sound crazy. And he had been struggling. Uh, you know, he's not sleeping and he's not eating. And he said, Mom, every time I go to sleep, I don't know where I go, but I go somewhere and Gabe's there. And he's trying to give me his life. And he's, and I'm fighting with him. I'm fighting with him and I'm telling him, I'm not taking it. You're keeping your life. You're coming back. And he believed in that so much. And I just, I, I felt it. Mm-hmm. And I trusted him. And, and I'm telling you that Eli is his, is his twin. Eli believed with all of his heart that his brother was there, but his brother was trying to go. Mm-hmm. And he came to me and said, Mom, he's there. I know he's there. And it really confirmed what I had already felt. When they were telling me, oh, he's potentially in a vegetative state, I would walk into his room and I would talk to him. And his vital signs would go wacko. 
to the point where the nurses would say, we just need you to, you know, sit quietly, maybe not talk to him, where normally they tell you with a, com you know, comatose patient, you know, touch them, talk to them. When I did that, Gabe would get super aggravated. Even though he wasn't awake, his vital signs went crazy. And to me, that was a sign that he wow. knew. He knew I was wow. there. Wow, he felt your presence. He felt my presence. Mm -hmm. And, okay, I'm going to sit down because you're telling me to, and I don't want him to. Yeah, I'm, right. not, I'm not trying to have him stroke out right now, you know, <laughs> right. because the vital signs are definitely an issue. But it just, to me, was confirmation. He's in there. I just have to believe that he's in there. And I'm going to fight with that belief. It's, it's, an, it's an amazing story. This is Jessica DeFranco. That music that we're hearing right now is telling us we have to take a quick break and listen to this message from our show sponsor. You're listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy on 104.5 WOKV. Hey, Jacksonville, it's me, Angie Langlois, one of the managing partners here at Ascenda Resources in Jacksonville, Florida. Ascenda Resources is an award-winning, certified minority-owned staffing firm that specializes in placing highly skilled professionals on a temporary, temp-to-perm, or direct hire basis. Call the true professionals at Ascendo today, because despite the current challenges, our talented recruiters can find exactly what you need. Call me, Angie Langlois, at 904 Four seven nine nine six one zero. Welcome back, all you hard workers. That was our show sponsor, Ascendo Resources. If you need any staffing assistance, we reach out to the great people over at Ascendo Resources. Jessica DeFranco, you've been telling us the story, and it's a tough one. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to fight back the tears the whole time you're talking, uh, telling us about your, your son, uh, Gabe. How is he today? Okay, so today, Gabe is at the point of what his caseworker calls community reintegration. So what that means is he's not living independently. He still lives at home with us. I think he's going to be working towards that over this next year of recovery, but he's working. Um, am I allowed to say where he's working? You can say where Okay, here. well, I love them, and yep. you guys probably do too. He's working at Publix as a bad boy. Shout out to Publix. <laughs> I, love Publix. I love my Publix. Yeah. So, um, so if you're at the, you know, if you're ever at the Neptune Beach Publix and you see Gabe, you can give him a shout out. Um, he's uh, back to, to FSCJ uh, this semester. Wow. We're in our first college class. He's taking English Comp 1. Um, we're doing it online because he's not driving yet, mm -hmm. um, or at least he wasn't when school started. Yep. But tomorrow, which is the two-year anniversary uh, of his accident, we are going to go ahead and uh, he's gone through driver rehab uh, with UF Health. I went down to Gainesville. If, if you know anybody that has had a brain injury and they've not been driving and they want to know if they can, I didn't know this was available, but UF Health actually has a driving program. So for people that have had strokes or brain injuries, you know, that sort of thing, you can go back to driving. So he basically went through like a driver's ed. Um, and she said, you know, he's, he's good to go. So he's been driving to and from work uh, with me in the car. It's amazing. It is. And so he's, uh, that's considered community uh, reintegration. So his, his case manager, so when you have a, a severe spinal injury and a severe brain injury, which Gabe had both, we didn't even mention that in this fall, wow. Gabe, yeah, broke 10 levels of his spine. So he actually had cases open with the De Florida Department of Health for both the spinal injury program and also through the um, spinal injury and the brain injury. So 
Um, they have closed his case because as of now, they consider that uh, reintegration. So. This is amazing. But guys, I want to tell you to, to rehab someone like Gabe, and a, there's a lot of people out there that have loved ones and family members and friends that have a traumatic brain injury. The road to recovery can be quite expensive. Uh, not only does it take a lot of time, it takes a lot of money. And one of the ways we raise funds and awareness is through the, the turkey trot, and this is uh, our eighth annual uh, uh, Tony's Turkey Trot for Brain Injury Awareness. It's in Atlantic Beach. It's on Thanksgiving morning. Let's talk a little bit about that. And then let's give some information out how people, because they still need volunteers. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, tell, Let's talk a little bit about it, and I'll, I'll dig in and ask you a couple questions. All right. <laughs> so I um, have always known about the Turkey Trot, but I really didn't know what it was for. Um, but I live in Atlantic Beach, so I knew that it happened uh, before there's a big party. Um, it takes place right after. Oh, there's a big party. Yeah, that's the yes, only thing you remember. I don't you know remember. what I'm allowed to say, so I'm just <laughs> making reference to it. down all of Atlantic <laughs> okay. Beach on Thanksgiving morning. We don't know why, And then, but then the beer. beer flows all over the doggone <laughs> well, place. I didn't know if it was okay to say I knew about the party. I didn't know about the no, turkey trot. No, it's okay, because, okay. yeah, we all were <laughs> so, like that. But I'm here to tell you about the turkey trot. So, yep. um, so I, um, I live in Atlantic Beach. Mm -hmm. And I, I grew up in Jacksonville Beach. Um, my my dad still lives in my childhood home. I graduated from Fletcher High School. My son, all my children graduated from Fletcher High School. So we are a Beaches family. And um, I love that this event is held in Atlantic Beach. It's just a few blocks from my house. I actually walk to it. I don't have to worry about parking because I just walk up there. Um, what I I um, found out after Gabe's injury was that it it did benefit traumatic brain injury awareness because his friends started registering for it and tagging me in their social media stories saying that they were going to run for Gabe. So in 2020, I came to the, yeah, I realized quickly. Um, and How so cool is that? Was Kids so never cool. do anything either. They don't, but they did yeah. do this. And so I was, um, of course, spending all day in the ICU and all night in the ICU. So I made a donation. I registered Gabe's um, siblings and they showed up Thanksgiving morning to represent our family and I think I made that decision two days prior. And it was a really special thing because I had been told Gabe wasn't progressing and they were recommending removing monitoring and calling in hospice. So I had to have that conversation that morning after they did the turkey trot to let them know that we were not looking so hot. Um, I left, went back to the hospital, and um, I told the nurse, this is what's going on. And she said, you know... I don't like that. <laughs> she said, let me make some calls. And so she, one of the biggest issues they had when they would try to bring sedation down is Gabe's pain response was horrible. Uh, he had a brokely, a badly broken back. His neck was broken. Um, his pelvis was broken. His pain response was um, making his vital signs super unstable. So she got medicine on board. She got the sedation off of him long enough. And she just said, start talking to him. And I did, and he opened an eye, and he turned his head towards me, and he, and he moved his hand towards me, and she saw it, and she said, just keep talking. And so Thanksgiving for me changed um, wow. because I went home and said, your brother, your brother woke up. Right. And so um, it happened so quickly. Right. He woke up from this coma, and the next day the doctor said, well, we were going to talk about hospice now we need to talk about fixing his spine because he's moving around so much. It's it's we're worried he's going to do further damage to his spine. So, um, so for us, this is a super important cause. Um, last year they contacted me with UF Health 
kind of taking the reins over from Anne Marie Tucker, and yep. they said, um, we'd love to have you on board. So I got on board, yep. and I um, brought 53 people. Um, You're a wonderful as a team advocate last for year. it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw you, the Gabe's team. And we have uh, a Gabe's team. Yes, yeah, Team yeah, Gabriel so Reeves. Sign yeah. up. Sign up. Yeah. Team Gabriel Reeves, the TBI warrior. Um, I checked before I came in. We already have 59 on our team. That's incredible. And it's growing. We still have all this next week. So I would love um, to have anybody that. How do they sign up again? So. I think you have the information. Yeah, I have some information. I know you can go to ufhelpjacks.org slash turkey trot. Yes, and then there is an option to join teams. So there's a sign-up link um, for the 5K, join a team. Okay. When you go through that process, you can put our team, Team Gabriel Reeves, the TBI warrior, um, in, and, and then I get an email. Um, so just like, you know, people will say if, you know, you have nowhere to go for Thanksgiving, you can come eat at my house. Well, you can't come eat at my house, but you can come join my team. If you don't have a team, you can join my team and we, can, awesome. we can do a 5K together. All right. We're, we're coming uh, right now. The music's telling me we're coming to the bottom of the hour break. Jessica, stay with us for just a little bit. We got it. We want to give out just a little bit more information. Make sure the people know how to sign up. Uh, so stay with us after the break. Guys, come on back. You're listening to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy on 104. 104- Point five W O K V. Welcome back to Hard Worker to Pete the Job Guy with one o two four five W O K V. Welcome back, all you hard workers. That little voice you heard right there was Jaden. Jaden is our producer, Jay's son, and he's four years old, and he's so cute. And welcome back to hard work. I think it's wonderful, and we're so glad we got a future radio personality right there as part of the show. So we got lucky. Today, our guest is Jessica DeFranco, and she's telling us all about the eighth annual Tony's Turkey Trot for Brain Injury Awareness. Uh, UF Health is uh, to it over and they do a marvelous job with us and angie i think you have one or two questions uh, left for jessica i do and and you've been through this incredible journey and you've been through so much and and now that you've kind of looking backwards if somebody was listening right now and they're in the beginning stages of this incredible uh brain injury um traumatic situation what what could you tell them from beginning to end maybe some quick tips of what to do and not to do well, I can also tie that into the fundraising aspect of what we're doing with the turkey trot. So it's it, there's it's like two prongs. Okay. One of them is let's save more lives. So we want to get um, early life-saving care, uh, critical care. Um, and so that is pretty straightforward. Let's save more lives. Let's try to get these people, you know, in and get them the treatment they need. Um, the other prong deals with the recovery, and that's not the same as saving a life. Uh, That is what I learned. You can save somebody's life, but they may not have that meaningful recovery. So once you've saved that life, what needs to happen? They They need therapy. Okay, they need speech therapy. They need physical therapy. They need occupational therapy. Um, they may need other modalities. There's other things. And insurance doesn't always cover all of this. I was going to say, this. that sounds very expensive. It is very expensive. If you want to know how much it costs to save a life, um, I can tell you Gabe's ICU stay was $2.2 million. Wow. That was four weeks in ICU. Wow. Um, as far as his rehab, I would I haven't added all of that up, but I would imagine we're close to another million um, dollars. So, uh, you know, while he has had a miraculous recovery, he's had an expensive recovery. And I'm very blessed. 
Uh, we have great insurance. Um, our out-of-pocket um, has has not been more than we can bear. Um, and 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 there's aspects of the recovery too where you might get you know out of that immediate situation where like okay we've given you six months of therapy. Insurance isn't going to cover you going back to driving. They don't care whether you drive. Now, as his mother, I care that he drives. It makes it easier on me. I mean, as a caregiver, every step they take towards more independent living is easier on that family or on that caregiver, but the insurance doesn't necessarily care about those things. So what I'm hearing is you're going through a lot anyways. Um, the the worst thing to do is not have money to be able to do it. It's unfortunate, but your rehab potential can certainly be impacted by what you can afford. So what are we going to do? We're going to all get up Thanksgiving morning and we're going to come out and we're going to run and we're going to volunteer. We're going to sign up and we're going to do it for Jess and her family. I would so love for that to happen. And I'm going to be there. Gabe's going to be there. Uh, Gabe last year was able to walk little bit of run um, the 5k I think he's hoping to run a little more of it um, because he has I didn't mention this he's also had a full physical recovery although he has a 10 level fusion and his gait's a little different he's got a left, little left side deficit but he's essentially recovered physically uh, from it, this it's it's a miracle and you guys are to take some patience it's it's a process it takes a village uh, and it takes a lot of money lot and of this money. is a very helpful fundraiser we want everybody to come out on Thanksgiving morning uh, the race starts at 8, the 5K. We have a one-mile fun run for the kiddos and for the families, uh, and that starts at 9.30. It's right out in front of One Ocean out at Atlantic Beach. They close down all the streets, parking. You just go to where that old Kmart was, and they'll shuttle you over uh, and get you get you right to the uh, the race beginning, and it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, but for a great cause. And I'll tell you, listeners, just go to UF Health Jacks, J-A-X dot org backslash turkey trot for more information. You can go to first first place sports uh, to go ahead and register uh, for the race. Uh, and I'm going to tell you guys, they still need event volunteers to pass out water, to give directions, keep people on track. You go to development at jacks.ufl.edu for all the information you need. Guys, if you didn't get all that, just email me, Pete at PeteTheJobGuy.com, and I'll get everything check. you we'll need. We'll make sure it gets to the right place. <laughs> right, right. We Je have no problem paying <laughs> checks. <laughs> and, uh, Jessica DeFranco, thank you so much for sharing your story yes, on hard thank work you. with Pete the Job Guy. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, Jessica's leaving the studio right now. She was absolutely amazing, Angie. Huh? She's incredible, isn't she? And yeah. she's a good workout partner, just as a side yeah, tip. Yeah, yeah. She, she works out hard. But, you know, uh, just to hear what uh, she and her family, they, they, they've been through, That you, you know, like we said at the beginning, you can't have a comeback without a setback. She had a heck of a setback. And not only uh, she and the whole family, but Gabe made an incredible comeback. And, and a lot amazing. of it was to do to her. She She's very very humble but she worked day and day and night for his physical and mental recovery by herself right as a mom so, right so uh, guys i want to we angie and i each week we want to introduce you to one of the recruiters uh on our team at uh, ascendo resources of jacksonville and the person that that's with us today is Peyton Otzenberger. And Peyton is the newly promoted managing director of, December of our uh, direct uh, direct hire business. So welcome.
welcome to the show, Peyton. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like this is such an honor. Well, because you don't see us enough. No. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, I always say this, you know, you, you don't go to college and get a degree in staffing uh, to get into staffing and recruiting. How did you get into the business? Yeah. So I feel like, like you mentioned, you know, no one thinks grows up and is like, hey, I want to be a recruiter. Um, when I was growing up, I originally thought I wanted to be a teacher, but, um, you know, just my mom was a teacher and just to see, you know, the financial struggles that unfortunately they go through, just decided that that wasn't the avenue that I wanted to go through. So I actually went to school for human resources, did HR. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, I vividly remember I was frustrated at my last job and called my mom after work and had one of those meltdowns and I was crying <laughs> and she said, you know, it just sounds like this isn't for you. What do you want to do? And I said, mom, I just want to change people's lives. And here we are a year and a half later. And now I get to do that every day. The opportunity with Ascendo um, just kind of fell in my lap. Did I have any idea what I was getting myself into? Absolutely not. <laughs> but um, I've loved every single minute of it. And it is probably the best thing that has ever happened to me. So I have to say Peyton's one of my favorites. Um, she's she's one of our rising superstars, if not already there. Um, and we, sh we promoted her recently to managing director. So question for you. Um, as a managing director, our new managers out there, and keep in mind um, Peyton's like could be my child. <laughs> um, I'm a baby. <laughs> so what what do you love about or get excited about as a new manager? And then what maybe scares the heck out of you? Yeah, um, I think it's all like so exciting, but so scary at the same time, right? Um, anytime you're a new manager, right? Like I work with the team every day and the team is just so awesome. But I always find myself at little points being like, there's so much potential for this person in this specific area. So really being able to work with each individual member and capitalize on that area. I can't wait to, you know, see them grow and be a part of their success. Um, what scares me? Um, obviously the ups and downs, right? You know, that come with what we do. Um, but, you know, I think that being able to navigate them well in the last year has really taught me that, you know, the highs are really high and, you know, the lows can be low, but eventually it will get better. And, you know, it's okay to mess up and it's okay to have, you know, those days. But at the end of the day, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. You know, what's funny is you, you hit on something that I always used to say too. Uh, people say, what do you do? I say, I'm a professional recruiter. I change people's lives one phone call at a time. And that that's what I said, because I chose a profession that look, when my head hits the pillow I feel good I sleep well you know why because all day long I help people I help people sometimes that need a job they just need employment to pay the bills I help others that they're just looking for that next step in their career right. I help companies that are looking for qualified candidates that they either can't find on their own or I can do it for them better faster cheaper I help people all day long this is a noble profession you know so when we talk about recruiting what's you know, people aren't professional interviewers, right? You know, they, they, you know, some people like I place a high level CFO. That person might have been working for 20 years. And just because they're really, really sharp and they're at the top of their game at what they do, they're not professional interviewers. Well, you know, I coach that person just as much as I do 
the uh, someone who's uh, you know maybe a fresh grad looking for their first uh, entry right. point into a, a professional career. What's one or two tips that you give someone that may be going into an interview? Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because it, we do it every day, right? And um, one of my favorite sayings is common sense isn't common. So sometimes you think that things that people always know they don't, right? If you don't use the skills every day, it's not something you're sharp at. So um, my first tip would probably be confidence. And if you're not confident, fake it. Um, walk <laughs> in with a smile, you know, be yourself. Um, you know, companies really value that nowadays. Um, and and then my next tip would probably be, you know, do your research on the company, on the position. Right. Um, you know, recruiters like myself and my team and everyone at Ascender Resources, you know, this is what we do every day. So we are here, you know, to help you, you know, work with your recruiters on matching the job description to your resume, understanding the key points of what they're looking for, and be able to position yourself as the solution to the problem um, that the company that you're interviewing with currently has. Oh, that's great advice. And, I, you know, I have some questions because of COVID. Now it's kind of sprung us into this new interview world of videos, right? Um, Teams and Zoom. What are some maybe top two things to make sure that you do before you get on a video interview? Yeah, definitely. And it's funny you actually mentioned that because a couple weeks ago, I'm getting a candidate ready for a video interview. And I always get on and introduce the manager to the candidate and the candidate's sitting there and I'm about to introduce them. And the candidate's cat is like walking on the chair behind them. I'm like, can we lock the cat in another room? Um, So that would probably be my first one. Make sure you're in a distraction-free zone, right? No crying Put away wild animals. (laughs) wild animals, put them away. Um, Obviously, like, blur your background and dress for success. I feel like sometimes that's an easy one that people forget. I I agree. And I'm I'm glad you said that because, look, I I guarantee you when when you're – Getting ready for your uh, your video interview at your house, and let's say you're interviewing from home, guarantee you your doorbell will ring, <laughs> and the dog and will your bark dog's gonna incessantly. <laughs> it's it's gonna happen. Put the dog in the back. Sit away from the dog on doorbell. Do whatever you can. Have you ever done one of these interviews? Uh, all of a sudden, the manager's waiting, and then the person shows up. And they're entirely silhouetted, right? They, they're sitting, there's a window behind them because a lot of desks people sit at, there's a window behind mm-hmm. them and it's bright in the window. So the person is completely silhouetted, is silhouetted. Invisible man. Yeah, invisible <laughs> <laughs> uh, Identity is going to be protected on this interview. I don't want anybody seeing my face. So, I mean, little thing, even a ceiling fan that's moving and that, that movement um, can create some light distractions and flickering and noise. Definitely. Yeah, no, it can all be very distracting. And when you're in an interview, right, you're only given so much opportunity to speak. You only have so much of this very busy person's time. So you want everything that you say to be a value add to whoever you're speaking with. And so you want to eliminate all those distractions. So you are the show. 100% of their focus is on you. You know, and I'm glad you said that because... um, just for fun, because, you know, we're funny people. What, what are some things maybe not to ask on an interview? Oh, that's a great question. Um, not to ask on an interview. Probably my number one would be, you know, like, how quickly can I get promoted? Um, <laughs> what's in it for me? Yeah. Um, I, they, I, I've seen that a, a lot, too. Uh, too much focus on uh, vacation mm-hmm. and, uh, and, 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 and like you said, you know, the, my ne- the next level. Look, you have you to have, come in and master the level you're at and earn that promotion. Right. And usually it doesn't, you know, you don't, okay, am I going to get promoted in the first six months? I don't know. 
you got to come through and, you know, you, you this is your ticket to the show. You got to right. go to the show first and then earn the next level. Right? Yeah. And I think another one, too, would be like, um, how much is my bonus going to be? How big is my bonus going to be? Because <laughs> like, well, I'm going to be awesome. for that. <laughs> well, you know, it's true. Like, look, what are the big three that people want? Any candidate wants to know about compensation. Uh, they want to know about uh, their culture and they want to know about benefits, right? It's usually yeah. uh, compensation benefits and kind of what the culture and they want to know that. But uh, hyper focus on money, the next level, all that stuff is a little crazy. But I want to talk about the culture at Ascendo, right? You're managing director of your perm placement team. And a lot of people spend more hours awake at work than they do at home. Think about it. You get home, it's five five thirty you're at home you, you know you work for maybe eight hours are you gonna stay up for eight hours maybe if you you know you're a night owl i don't know not me <laughs> not i might me have either, about Pete. three and a half hours if and you I'm work out. at ascendo go to bed <laughs> <laughs> what is some of the, like what is the culture like at ascendo and what are some of the fun things maybe you do to keep it lively yeah i mean the culture is like anything i've ever experienced before um you know and famous words of pete we work hard we have fun and we give back um um, you know, it is really awesome. Again, you know, there's going to be lots of highs and lows, but we're always here to support each other through those things um, and really celebrate those highs together. Um, we, you know, to keep the culture fun, you know, our Nerf gun battles. I don't know if you've <laughs> talked about those on here uh, yet. Yeah. I didn't bring up any guns. We do Nerf gun battles. You know, we are t- um, this Friday. We're doing like a Friendsgiving in the office and Spirit Week, Spirit Week and all of these just super fun things right and you know everyone's not going to have a great day and we're all human and that's okay but you know we leave it at the door and we come to work and you know we're a family and we support each other you know that's pretty neat when i look at ascendo i just you know if i do a 360 in the office and see all 30 recruiters we have that cater to the jacksonville market soon to be 50 recruiters when we move uh, across to the, the, the 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 office across the hall that we're having built out it's pretty exciting we're one of the the largest uh, uh, staffing agencies that that are uh, right here in Jacksonville. There's, there's others that are larger, but they're doing all this national stuff. We're here, and this is what, what we focus on. But we immerse ourselves in our market. I know when uh, you know I'm on the board of directors for Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation (JDRF), and when we have our our gala. There were so many people. You participated not only, uh, you know, you didn't just show up to the gala, but tell us a little bit about your involvement. Yeah, so I had the incredible opportunity of kind of doing a lot of the behind-the-scenes work for the auction. Um, we did, and me and another recruiter in our office were a part of the board that made the whole auction happen. So we got the awesome opportunity to kind of sneak peek the auction items that were to come, but also put those together and create the packages and do all all the behind the scenes work everyone at JDRF is so absolutely amazing and it is a lot of time for such an amazing event and it really did pay off so it was so awesome to do that work and then go the night of the gala with the Ascendo family have so much fun but see it all come together oh it's great didn't you uh bit on that uh you going to africa i'm going to africa, oh, we're, all going going to africa. <laughs> we're all going on safaris it was it was wonderful so you know you donated your time uh your your energy and your money to help such a great cause and it's just fantastic and our, our office we look so different all of us right we're all different ages ethnicities you name it we're all different 
but gosh, we can come together for a common cause, right? And we can get stuff done. That's what's exciting, uh, exciting about Ascendo. The whole work hard, have fun, give back. We do it. Oh, I'm going to tell you what, I'm just getting flagged down. Jay's telling me it's time for one of my favorite segments of the show. This is Boston Danny. Boston Danny's going to tell you about the fair city of Boston. He is going to brag about his sports teams and his grandson, Desmond. But beyond that, he's going to give a special shout-out to, to anybody that sends me an email, Pete at PeteTheJobGuy.com. If you have somebody that uh, maybe has a birthday, an anniversary, or somebody at work just made your day a little bit brighter, and you want to recognize them for it all you do is send me an email pete at petethejobguy.com i'll make sure i give it to boston danny and boston danny will give your special someone a wicked piss a shout out like only boston danny can with no further ado let's get this week's update from boston danny hello jacksonville danny here with your northern update well it's great to be back on the air with your folks and getting back into the routine so here we go up here in Boston, we finally got our first snow. Uh, came a few days ago. It wasn't much, just touched us, but it was here. Got cold quick, and uh, we got some snow up in the higher elevations where it belongs. We like to go up there and go skiing and do our thing. Uh, I actually got a day in a skiing. wasn't much, but we were on the boards, and we had some fun, me and my friend Brian. But, uh, you know, it's not the cold. They're up there making it, which is nice, you know. The cold The cold we can stand. It's the wind that, that really shreds you, folks. You know, we can... But we dress for the cold, we dress for the wind, and we, we get our job done. We're hard workers, we get it done. And, you know, we enjoy our winter sports up here. Uh, Boston Bruins have gotten out of the gate pretty good. We're leading the league pretty fairly well, and we got ourselves a, a nine-win home stand at home. That's the best in the franchise history. So we're happy with our Bruins. And the Celtics are crushing everybody they're walking into. So, you know, it's really good to see us doing well that way. And, of course, the Patriots, you know, we played three games in uh, 12 days coming up, starting today, and we got uh, Thanksgiving Day one. Remember, Tom Brady, you know, he debuted in the NFL on the Thanksgiving Day game in 2000, and, you know, he threw his first NFL pass. wasn't a touchdown because we didn't do anything. We lost. We got three field goals and lost, but we're, we're doing all right with us. And I can't wait for him. You know, just thinking about it as our Red Sox rebuilding again and spring will be here before we know it. So we get through this hard part. We have some fun. We play our games with them and we do our thing and we get it going. So, you guys, you know, we're back on the air. If you forget, I'm Boston Danny. I give you all the all the, all the the stuff you can live and love in Boston. I tell you where we're at. And, of course, Boston, we got a birthday coming up. We're 392 years old right now. And it's, you know, Boston, it's the largest city in New England. It's located on a hilly peninsula in the Massachusetts Bay. Gorgeous water in the summertime. Great fishing, great fun. And uh, the region's been inhabited since at least 2400 BC by Massachusetts tribe of Native Americans who call the peninsula Shawmut. You know, they came, the English came sniffing around here in 1614 and then the Puritans showed up in 1630 and we had ourselves a, a city going on. But, you know, in, Again, that's just my part of Boston. That's what I give for you guys. But I do the shout-outs. You get them into me. I'll give them to you. I'll wish you, uh, anybody you want a nice anniversary or uh, birthday just the way I do it. Uh, so these ones here, I got wicked happy birthday wishes going to Brian Collins, Alex Ruiz, Herb Crease, and that comes from, Roseanne, come from Roseanne. Have a wicked happy birthday. And uh, Collins Lanya, that's from Chuck. He wants you to have a piss a day too. Remember, it's your day. You got to do it on your own, and nobody else is going to give it to you. So, 
This one cracked me up. He says, a fellow veteran named Dave Mueller wanted to give a shout out to me, Boston Danny, for, quote, always recognizing active duty military personnel, veterans, and first responders. He wrote, Boston Danny's a class act, even though I hate Boston. Well, that's your problem, uh, Dave, but I appreciate the shout out. And Jacksonville, you enjoy your uh, weekend, brothers and sisters. Remember your first responders, your active duty military and veterans, and Peter and Angie, you guys kill it. I'll see you guys later. Oh, welcome back. That was Boston Danny, another gem from Boston Danny. And he's been giving us that segment for uh, four and a half years. And I'll tell you what, if uh, people say, why do you have someone talk about Boston on the show? Because I love it. And I'm from Boston and Danny's my friend and we're going to do it for, to the end of time. Okay, <laughs> guys. Uh, so, Peyton, I let, let's 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 talk a little bit more uh, about you. Did you have one final question for well, Peyton? We got to get her contact information. I was going to say, well, first of all, Peyton, tell everybody what you do, what types of positions you staff for. Yeah. Awesome. So we are, like Angie and Pete said, newly promoted managing director of our permanent placement division. Um, we do a little bit of everything. You know, we do a lot of accounting and finance work, controllers, staff accountants, financial analysts, auditors. Um, we do a lot of operational, you know, anything that I when I people on the street stop me and ask me like what do you do anything usually between nine to five that's done at a desk we can specialize in we got probably the two other percent that don't meet those requirements but um, and we'll figure out a way to get exactly. those done too <laughs> right and Peyton or someone on her team will interview you understand what you want to do you know a lot of times she does reactive recruiting like she has open jobs and she's trying to fill them she and her mm -hmm. teammates they're trying to fill them uh, but a lot of times they just talk to people you know what would it take maybe closer to home or work remotely or more money benefits a better culture they get to understand you and they find a perfect career for you and uh, does that sound about right it is pretty much we're professional matchmakers pete but you nailed it all right let's get your contact information if people want to reach out to peyton how do they do that? Yeah, it's uh, my last name super long. So uh -huh. we'll start with the phone number. Um, I can be reached at 904-618-3924. Again, that's 904-618-3924. Um, or you can reach me out with my very German last name, P-O-T as in Tom, Z as in zebra, E N. B-E-R-G-E-R, -E -E that's P. Otzenberger at Ascendo.com. All right, well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you guys thank for you, having Peyton. me. Guys, and if you heard the first half of the show, we had Jessica DeFranco on. She told us a story about her son Gabe and his miraculous recovery from a very, very severe, severe and traumatic brain injury. And uh, we have the upcoming uh, annual, Turkey eighth truck. annual... Tony's Turkey Trot for Did Brain Injury truck? Awareness. UF Health is sponsoring that. Angie, can you give out some information on yeah, the Turkey so if, Trot? Yes, if you're listening right now and you're going to be here on Thanksgiving, we all know you're going to eat too much. So go online right now and sign up to run that morning or volunteer. Um, you can go to ufhealthjacks.org slash turkey trot. Um, we still need thousands of runners. Well, no, we're at about 2,100 that have already registered. There's a cap of 3,000. The beautiful city of Atlantic Beach has capped the Quick event math, at 3,000 uh, runners. You guys know, <laughs> hey, uh, on Thanksgiving morning, they're going to shut down all of Atlantic Beach and in front of Pete's Bar and all out that way. There's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be thousands and thousands of people. But come out there early. Participate in the run. Uh, you know, you sign up for the race. The race, the 5K is at 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. The fun run with the kiddos and everything's at 9.30. All the dollars go to help fund some of the massive, expensive bills that come along with uh, the road to recovery from a traumatic brain.
brain injury. Well, you did it, guys. Thank you for joining us. You just listened to Hard Worker with Pete the Job Guy on 104.5 WOKV.